Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Margot Brookfield. And I'm Julia Rogers. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. Alrighty, folks, it is gap year season. I know that it is now May. Many of you have probably made decisions about college or requested for deferrals, hopefully had those deferrals accepted at this point. Um, and it's time to, to move on to next steps. Yeah, it's. I always think of this time as a really exciting time of year because last year students are kind of coming in and the new cohort of students are, have just decided to take their gap year and they're crystallizing their plans and they're uh, really starting to make decisions about what they're going to do. So hence, this episode is going to be all about preparation and taking the ideas of your gap year and crystallizing them into some actions for the summertime. Totally. There's a lot that goes in over the summer as far as preparing for a gap year and preparing for whatever adventure you have coming up. I think there's, as we will talk about today, there's physical preparation and mental preparation, emotional prep, um, and you know, safety, gear, all of those good things. So that is what this episode is about today. So we have on the pod three, um, well, I guess four if you count, Julia, <laughs> professional gap year counselors. So we have Susan Staley, Marion Taylor, and Jason Soroyan, who will all be individually kind of popping in to tell us their top tips, tricks, and best practices in preparation for a gap year. Definitely. And I don't usually do this, but I will say that if you are in the position where you've just decided to take a gap year and you don't know what you're doing and you feel a little bit lost and anchorless in the process, working with a gap year counselor can be really useful. So um, all the people that are on the show are all professional gap year counselors who, um, if you do need help and you connect to what one of them says or their vibe, definitely reach out to them. Many of them, including myself and Jason and Marion and Susan, we all do free introductory calls where we can just brainstorm with you. So think about that as you're listening in and thinking about what information gaps you have in your process as well. Absolutely. And another note for all of you listeners out there, this is going to be our last episode of season two. So we are going to be taking a little hiatus for the summer um, as that is busy time for both Julia and I, as we are ourselves prepping for the upcoming gap year season, but we will be joining you again in the fall with new episodes, new guests, and new content. Definitely. Well, without further ado, happy end of season two, and let's get right to our counselor interviews. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Julia. So Jason, you are pretty much a poster child for meaningful gap time. You've traveled a lot and you've led programs and now you are a professional gap year counselor. So can we start with you giving us a little bit of your history in the gap year and travel and experiential education world? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I was a first generation to go to college student in my family and uh, I found out really quickly when I went to college that although I was really enjoying being in school, I was pretty burnt out from so much time academically engaged in high school and, and then going off to college. And uh, I went to a big school. I went to UC San Diego and, and it, was, it was a little overwhelming to be there with so many other students and really having to make my way for the first time. And so my first period of gap time happened in college and I got to go to East Africa and spent about five months there doing everything from conservation of wildlife biology to a, a really interesting investigation of a group of hunter gatherers and their tool systems. And I got to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It was, it was a really powerful set of experiences to have as a young man. 
Um, I came back to school, I finished school, and then I went on an outward bound instructor development program so that I could start leading wilderness trips. And so my 20s were occupied with all of these amazing activities of bringing students out on anywhere from two to 30 day long wilderness experiences in California and throughout the US and down into Baja, Mexico. I started leading international trips where I was bringing students abroad to countries where there isn't as developed or as frequently and, and regularly developed infrastructure like what we enjoy in the US. And so brought students to Thailand and Ghana and Tanzania leading programs. Uh, and that led into a very stable and, and really rewarding career in designing programming for a gap year organization and then directing mm -hmm. that organization. And now for the last eight years, working as a gap year counselor where I help mentor students like you and students who want to take this gap time. So it's been a really amazing career that started out as a moment of just needing space to integrate in what I was actually learning in school. Wow. Yeah. I, I love, I always love hearing about your journey, especially when we, when we co-present at the gap year fairs and things like that. It's, it's always really inspiring. As is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, so one thing that you also do in your free time is I know that you're an ultra marathoner um, and trail runner and just, you know, every time I see you on the circuit, you're always, you know, off climbing a mountain or taking a run. And I really admire that. And here's the pivot. So I know that in when you're doing those kinds of endurance trainings and marathons and things like that, that the importance of mental preparation is key. And I'm wondering if you can, sh you know, link that in the importance of mental preparation in your, your physical sports, which people would, you know, definitely associate with, with the importance of intentionality and mental preparation when it comes to gap time and preparing mm. for a gap year. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that as a question. And it is a really good place and a metaphor to speak from. And, and I think the wilderness is actually an incredible opportunity to use metaphor for lessons we learn in our life in general. I spent a lot of those years that I was just talking about in terms of these adventures I had and trips that I led and went on um, really moving from one experience to the next to the next without a lot of coherent time thinking about why I was choosing the experience beyond the fact that it looked amazing and, and it felt right for me. It felt right in my gut, like it was something I was really excited about. And I spent even less time actually reflecting on what the experiences meant to me uh, before moving on to the next thing. And part of that became almost a, a professional cycle where you know, you'd lead this amazing experience with students to another country that maybe I haven't even been to. I hadn't been to Thailand before I led there. I'd led to other countries in the world. And then all of a sudden the program ends and I'm immediately off and leading another trip. And one of the things that gets challenging about that cycle is that if we constantly are moving from the, th the next thing to the next thing to the next thing is even though growth might be happening, we may not have really integrated the fullness of how we have shifted something, whether we've shifted a lens of the way we look at the world, whether we've taken on new habits or disciplines that are gonna really serve us. And so at some point in my 20s, it really started to dawn on me that I could be taking more time looking at this. And so as I've started working with gap year students, 
really intentionally over the last 15 years, an important aspect of trying to guide them in their planning is it's not just what we're going to do. Those are important details and figuring out all the travel details takes a lot of time. But I always want to encourage students that once we've hammered those things out, once those things are on the table, an incredibly important question, if we haven't already asked ourselves this, is well, well, why? What, what's the point of this? What's the intention of this? And we can look at it holistically of what are we hoping is going to occur during this gap year, which is a really important question, I think, for every gap year student to ask. But also we can ask it for each experience that we're going into, which is what am I hoping is going to come out of this? And that might be a specific skill, right? You might want to get your open water diving certificate and, and you want to learn a particular skill and you want to pass the, the final exam in that, or maybe you're interested in going and practicing Spanish by going to another country, or maybe you're really interested in learning how to cook more. And so the goal is that you're going to actually spend as many opportunities as you can learning how to cook within your programmatic setting. But then there's the more, uh, the more kind of ethereal, what is your intention around it, which is how am I going to approach this actual experience? Am I, am I going to go in and, and is an important goal of mine that I want to be more social? So what's my intention? Is my intention that if someone invites me to do something, I'm going to say yes? Um, is that an intention I have for this time? Um, is an intention that I'm training for a sport that I'm going to play in college? And so my intention is that despite the fact that I'm going to be in this amazing place in this amazing gap year experience, I'm still going to wake up at 530 every morning and I'm going to do the run that I've committed to doing because it's my intention that I'm going to stay fit so that I can get back to my season of sports when I return to school. Mm. Is my intention that I want to grow and be more independent as a young adult? And so I'm going to look at those opportunities where I can take responsibility or I can take a leadership role. And when it's offered to me, I'm going to step up and I'm going to just step into it, even if I'm scared, even if it's outside my comfort zone. And so I often encourage my students to document their intentions about their ex specific experiences they're going into, but the gap year as a whole, so that they have that as a framework of reflection going into an experience. So mm. I want students to have documented this. For me, I found that the best way to document it is by writing. And so I generally will spend a little bit of time writing in advance of trips I even take now or a trip that we'll take with our family, mm. really thinking about what do I want out of this? Who do I want to be in this experience? And that way the experience can happen. Whatever happens, happens. I, I'm not too hard on myself if not all of my goals are met or my intentions didn't occur in the way I thought. But then really carving out a little bit of time when I return home to sit and think and reflect back, okay, here were my written intentions, here were my goals. How did I do with these? What have I learned from this? How have I grown? I think yeah. for a lot of gap year students, a question that resonates with them is, I, I often ask, when you, when you think about who you wanna be at the end of this gap year, when you look back a year later or, or nine months later, or whatever your gap time is, and you look back at yourself, how do you hope that you'll have grown during this time? And a lot of students are able to really articulate for themselves kind of this, this next chapter version of who they wanna be before they go on to college or before they go into the work world. And I think it's important for students to really spend a moment putting that down, putting that down in some way, maybe making a video or photo documentary, but or talking to a good friend about it so that there is this touchstone point of learning that can happen and that you can come back to after the experience is done. 
Yeah, I love that. I think, and I mean, do you have any tips for someone who maybe isn't working with a counselor about how they can keep themselves accountable to their own goals and intentions? Or, or are there any tools that someone can find online or anything like that that you um, that could be useful to them? Mm. Well, so so much like everything else within one's gap year, being proactive, proactive and taking initiative uh, is is one of your greatest assets as an individual who's taking this time. And so one of the ways that I often encourage students to get involved with their own goal setting intentions is to choose adults in their life that they really trust and and that can be mentors to them. A lot of adults have, um, you know, whether hindsight is 2020 or they're sitting in places of joy of reflection of what they've done or even regret about things that they haven't done a lot of adults have had this moment of reckoning for themselves that that you know there's this amazing period of life that as a young adult they might have lived and uh, things that they did that they really grew from and i think if young adults choose an adult mentor someone who's a constant in their life or someone that they can really rely on this is a person to articulate some of these goals to and, and that's actually one of the greatest resources um, i found that for myself that there have been over the years a number of adults who i could always look to when i was involved in different experiences and come back and say you know this experience happened for me as a leader while i was on this trip and I don't, I'm not really sure what to make of it. And, and you know, having that person walk me through part of a reflection of, of, so what do you feel like you did well? And where were the areas that you're not proud of? And, and so how do you learn from that? How do you grow? Because adults in general, and I think adults that really care about young adults and who really see them for who they are, they're naturally going to be good at helping bring out these life lessons and bring out this learning. Mm -hmm. And again, the practice of watching an adult do that helps bring us in our gap year time. And I've certainly felt this for myself um, to be able to be reflective adults as well. Um, I'll tell you now, so, you know, you talked about my running um, for myself. It has become essentially a daily practice during my runs before I start running to actually have moment closed eyes reflection about what it is that I want to get out of this one hour that I might have this this 30 minutes this four hour long run that I'm going to do what is it what is it that a I'm feeling today in my body but b what is it that I want to have happen here because that will completely frame my run do I mm. do I want to sit and process some negative thoughts that I've been having okay great because that's if if I don't make that my intention they may just be there anyway and they may actually put a put an aspect on my experience that I don't want to have? Am I actually looking for this to be a workout? Am I looking for this to be a social period of time? Having real integrity and alignment with what your intentions are, even in a small thing like, like a daily run, has dramatically transformed the impact that even these, these you know, micro adventures can have in my own personal life. Definitely. I think that, you know, starting your gap year with that mindfulness of intention um, is going to, you know, build on that and make it so much more meaningful to to the to the individual so that's a, that's a really great tip and i love that you honed in on the one thing that you really wanted to share with the listeners because i think that especially as we're coming into summer this is really the time for students who are about to embark on their gap time to really spend the summer physically preparing packing thinking about what shots they need all those kinds of things but also thinking about what they're going to be getting out of this time and other ways that they can mentally prepare and have that flexible learning mindset to really allow these experiences to transform them in ways that they want to be transformed. Right.
Thank you so much for being here and for helping any of the listeners prepare for their upcoming adventures in Gap Time. Absolutely. My pleasure, Julia. Thank you so much for having me on and, and for allowing me to participate. Marian, it's so great to have you on the pod with us today. Really excited to hear a little bit more of your kind of prep for prospective students out there for their gap year and safety tips and such. But to begin, I know you've been in this industry for a while and are holding down the gap year fort in the great state of Colorado. So what initially got you into the gap year, gap year consulting and gap year industry? Oh, thanks, Margot, for having me. Um, I think it's my love of travel probably that lured me back into this whole industry. Um, I have a background in social work, but I myself took a gap year pre and post college. Um, and then I have continued to take gap experiences throughout my adult life. Um, so I think I came back to it because um, I wanted to do something positive. I really wanted to see if I could make a difference with young men and women who are um, preparing to go to college and beyond. So it was a combination of just using my social work background, working with families and women and children, my travel background and my own gap experience, and as well, bringing in my parenting experience. I've had four children and all four have participated in either a structured or more independent gap experience of some sort. And I think that really comes into play when I'm talking to parents who are letting their child go off independently on a gap experience. I just think coming from a parenting perspective, I have empathy and understanding, and I know that safety is one of their most paramount concerns. Absolutely, and that's, I didn't even realize that, Marion, that you had four of your own children take gap years. That's inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure gave you a lot of real, First-hand experience, especially of being a parent, sending a student, a child on a gap year. So Yes, it did. Um, I can only imagine. <laughs> awesome. Well, through those experiences, as well as your wealth of knowledge otherwise, I know, um, I know that you've picked out kind of five main things that students should maybe focus on or be aware of when planning a gap year, um, potentially a more independent gap year, or also for students who are doing more structured programs as well. So do you want to dive right into to your, your top points here? Sure. Um, and this is really kind of geared towards students that might be more independent, that might be traveling with a backpack or doing a wolf or independent internship. But usually, first of all, I, I recommend that the student register with STEP, which is Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. And that is with the State Department. And it's for the government to know of their whereabouts and the dates that they're within that country. By registering with the U.S. Embassy, the students will be notified of any civil or political unrest or any natural disaster or any medical outbreak. So I always recommend that they do that first. If the student's working with a GAP advisor, we are registered with the Overseas Security Advisory Council, and I receive daily alerts about any political unrest or uh, an upcoming election or anything like that. So a GAP advisor is in tune with upcoming events that might be happening in a country where the, the student might be traveling. Um, in addition, I have some just tips about food and beverages, about location, where a student might be housed, as well as some general insurance information and safety tips. In terms of food, um, when students are traveling, I really recommend that they, if they eat food, that it be cooked thoroughly. 
um, and that, you know, you'd be really, really careful. If it's been sitting out in a room in a buffet, you have to be careful at room temperature because sometimes it can become contaminated. Um, dry food is generally pretty safe. Um, drinks, I always recommend if you're going to do a hot drink that it be steaming hot. Um, things, again, that can be sitting at room temperature, especially if you add cream or any sort of milk that's been in an open container can be quite dangerous. Um, alcohol, especially with girls, I always recommend them not to put their drinks down um, and that anything that is generally in a bottle will be somewhat safe. But if you're going to have a mixed drink, you have to be very careful about ice um, because that might have been made with tap water. Um, tap water should never be drunk, even in cities, um, especially even when brushing teeth. Um, I generally advise using bottled water um, because they you just can't be sure. If you do use tap water, it can be disinfected by boiling or filtering or using chlor chlorine or iodine pills or a SteriPen. I purchased a SteriPen not too long ago. It's very easy. It's a laser light that goes right into your, um, your water bottle for, and it kills 99% of the bacteria. SteriPen um, has been my favorite new, um, or you know, in, in the past year's travel uh, companion. I take it everywhere I go. It's the greatest Absolutely. tool. I agree. Um, and then in terms of location, uh, students are often living in a hostel or maybe a cheaper hotel or a volunteer house. I always recommend that they do their research in advance about finding out where that is. It is it in a safe location? Is it in a safe neighborhood? Talk to locals or longer term gap year veterans that have lived there. Um, that's super important, especially with Workaway and Wolf host sites. Uh, we really recommend that you look at recent reviews that have been posted within the last six months, that there be a photo on the profile, um, that it not be too remote or out of the way, especially if they're alone. I never recommend really going alone to these sites and that they are in no way obligated to stay. So those are, those are important as well. Um, in terms of insurance, I always recommend that parents check and see if their students are covered under their medical insurance internationally. It's not always a given. Um, most students are, are covered under the age of 26 on their parents' insurance, but it's something to check on. Um, and oftentimes it's really a good idea to get travel insurance um, because it will pay for things like airline delays, lost or damaged or stolen baggage, uh, prescription medicines that are lost, lost cell phones. And then additional insurance for daughters like mine who like to bungee jump, river raft, skydive, zip line, shark cage <laughs> dive, ATV drive, or trek in higher altitude, which requires some helicopter rescues. Um, so those are worth getting for additional insurance. Um, in addition, if your student um, requires uh, sort of uh, chronic medical um, prescription drugs that they can handle and take by themselves. I usually recommend buying mental health insurance, especially if their therapist at home is unable to arrange for Skype or phone communications on a regular basis. It's a really good idea to have mental health insurance. Do you um, know of specific companies or policies that do provide mental health coverage in particular? Because I found that some more general policies often, it, it excludes anything mental health related. That I have on my website that I yes. could refer back to. Um, I don't know them off the top of my head. Okay, but yeah. there are specific ones. Yeah, that there are found. five or six specific good ones that I know of. Yeah. That is great to know. Yeah. 
Um, and then in terms of general safety tips, um, always recommend that students build and bring a small medical kit with them. Really good idea. Um, also, to not go and buy everything new because when they get into a country, they are just targets with their new hiking boots and their new brand t-shirt. Um, easy target for thieves. Um, that they have a really good communication plan with their parents and or GAP advisor. How are they going to communicate every week by email or is it going to be um, by WhatsApp or it's important to have that in place. And particularly advise students when they are, especially after a long journey, you know, 13 and a half hours, even longer to Nepal and places halfway around the world, to um, have an airport pickup set up in advance. You are at high risk when you are exhausted, when you are dealing with jet lag, with, when you are unfamiliar with um, how to get through you know, customs, how to pick up your bag. And there are usually at almost every airport I've been in, hundreds and hundreds of taxi drivers that kind of accost you um, wanting your business. And that can be overwhelming um, when you are just arriving. So that's really, really important. Also to make sure that your passport's valid, you know, for six months after you return and also to have extra pages at the end. I was recently in Peru and a couple of people could not get on the plane because they did not have a valid passport after six months. Wow. Um, also wow. email a copy yeah. of the passport to yourself as well as to your parents. And then talk about emergency situations with your parents and or your GAP advisor. What's going to happen if you are, you know, helicoptered out of uh, the Nepal, Nepalese Himalayans because of high altitude sickness and you're taken to a hospital? What, what is going to be your plan of attack? And then lastly, um, this is a fairly new thing. There's been a, a bracelet that's come, all, come out. It's called Vagabandit. And you write all your information in it, your contact information on the bracelet, uh, roll it up and snap it on your wrist. And it is a really good thing to have in time of need. Um, and I especially recommend it for girls. So in speaking of girls, I just have a, a last few tips. Um, when you are in a city or a bar, be really aware of your surroundings. Be, know how much you're gonna drink in certain company. Um, and, and just be really aware. Never be alone at night, especially if you're walking around. Always make sure your cell phone is charged and accessible. Have cash handy and don't drink more than you're comfortable with and never put down your drink anywhere where you can't see it. And then lastly, Google the U.S. State Department before going to your country of choice where you're going to travel. Um, and read up on threads on Lonely Planet or TripAdvisor. They usually have some excellent advice as well. Awesome. Absolutely, Marion. And I think one thing that comes to mind too, just in that same vein, is just crimes of opportunity and how to prevent those. Because often, you know, I think what most people face while traveling, and hopefully nothing more serious than that, but it's just petty theft of, you know, you, yeah, like you said, your brand new hiking boots or you've got your cell phone in your pocket and it's so easy for someone to just come and grab something like that. Um, I've had that happen on a program before and it's nothing of harm, but it's just something's there. It's, it's kind of glaring someone in the eye and it's an expensive, mm -hmm. an expensive something or other that could be, you know, someone else might see as beneficial. So, um, just really trying to keep, keep your belongings on your person or concealed entirely if you can and being really mindful of yeah where you are and where you're presenting your expensive camera or whatever it may be. So. And usually people that are thefts, petty thefts, 
are not because they want to hurt you or harm you in any way. It's because maybe they're hungry or they need the money to, you know, pay for their school supplies or whatever it is. Absolutely. Usually there's not malintent, but I think you have to kind of understand it in the context. Absolutely. Well, do you have any final closing words of wisdom or thoughts you'd like to share? I think these have all been incredibly helpful um, and useful for students. I just would encourage everybody who's thinking about taking a gap year to go ahead and do it. You can do it independently, but um, plan ahead. So I encourage everyone to take a gap experience of some sort for whatever amount of time. Absolutely. And it's never too late either. Like you said, you had a pre-college and post-college gap year. <laughs> I think that it can happen at any point, any time in life. It's never too late to take gap time. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Marion. Thank you, Margo. Susan, thank you so much for being here. And we know that you have led trips and taken a gap year yourself. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your entree into the gap year world and what it's meant for you in becoming a gap year counselor? Yeah, so I took a gap year right after high school and uh, was an exchange student in Chile for a year. And it was an incredible transformative experience um, that kind of set me on a circuitous path to where I am now. Um, after grad school, I started leading gap year programs for several years in Asia and Latin America um, before I kind of decided being on the road, living out of backpack for nine months out of the year was, was a little more than, than I wanted at that point in my life. And so I found myself um, now as a gap year counselor, helping students plan their gap year experiences and helping them prepare for uh, their gap years. That's awesome. I definitely think it's interesting always to hear how people end up where they are today. And um, I'm sure having taken a gap year yourself, you are well versed in all that that means to a student and can can definitely help in the preparedness for a gap year, which, you know, jumping into our topic today, would love to just hear your top kind of tips and, and tricks and pieces of advice in regards to physical preparedness for a gap year and within that you know like we talked about packing and and all that it takes for students in that realm to get ready for their gap year adventure yeah yeah definitely there's a lot that goes into preparing for the gap year and i think the more time that students dedicate to preparing themselves for the gap experience the better the experience will be i think for everyone even if they're not planning to engage in a really physically intensive gap year experience like knolls for example it's important to physically prepare yourself by walking hiking running just getting outside being used to being on your feet and uh, walking a bit more than maybe you you do in your typical life at home i think even like art history abroad programs where maybe students aren't thinking of that as being a very physically intensive program you're they're walking up to 10 miles a day um, so just getting out there and walking, jogging, riding your bike, whatever it is that gets you used to, to being pretty physically active and being on your feet can be one good way to, to prepare for, for the gap experience. 
I think that's so true. And and one thing that I always tell my students to do is when they buy new shoes, because they're probably going to be getting either a new pair of walking shoes or travel shoes of some sort, break those in, like walk around in those because you do yes. not want to be breaking in shoes and getting blisters while you're, you know, walking the street, the cobblestone streets of Europe or whatnot, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely not. I had a very real experience with that with my recent trip to Patagonia on my trek and had not properly broken in my boots. And it's absolutely no fun and can <laughs> totally make or break that experience. Yeah. And and buying, making sure that you have the right shoes that fit your feet and that they're quality shoes. I had, I was leading a trip in Nepal one time and one of the girls had gotten shoes from eBay and the soles literally started to fall off of her shoes on the first day. And so we had to rush and find, find some different shoes, but making sure that you have the right shoes and testing them out beforehand is, is critical. So another piece of advice I guess I would give for helping to, to get prepared for the GAP experience is kind of to practice adapting your schedule. I think most of us are used to living a pretty regimented lifestyle, a pretty predictable schedule, but a lot of times our GAP experience is a totally different schedule from what we're used to. Maybe we're having to get up early on a regular basis or staying up late at night. So practicing kind of adapting your schedule, I think, can be helpful. Maybe students can be tempted to sleep in all during the summer, but getting used to being on on a different schedule, I think, can be a helpful practice for, for preparing for the GAP experience as well. Absolutely, especially when I think a lot of different programs or experiences that you're doing are really go, go, go all day, which is even maybe more so than students are when they're in high school and at home. It's a much more kind of physically and emotionally, mentally demanding experience often when you're on all the time or experiencing new things and processing those. So that is a great piece of advice. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that's totally, it can be very emotionally and physically demanding. And I think also kind of following that is if you aren't sure what ways that you can kind of tune in, kind of check out a little bit and regroup or recenter yourself because it can be very exhausting being around other people constantly. You're going to be constantly stimulated with new things. Sometimes you might find that you just need a little bit of a break. So figuring out what it is that allows you to, to get that break and recharge. So whether it's going for a run, going for a walk, uh, reading a book, putting in some headphones, meditation, yoga, figuring out what whatever process um, it is that helps you to to feel centered and and deal with maybe some stresses or anxieties that you might encounter. It's true. The physical and the emotional preparation are very much linked when it comes to like thinking about your gap time and and also, I mean, I think that the the physical and health stuff is is also intertwined. Can you tell us a little bit about what you'd recommend as far as um, preparing to have a healthy and safe gap year experience, not necessarily like personal safety once you're abroad, but like that kind of prep work you do ahead of time. Yeah, well, definitely if you're planning to travel somewhere internationally, you want to schedule a visit with your travel doctor and start getting any sort of vaccinations or uh, prescriptions that you might need to take to help keep yourself um, healthy during your gap experience. Um if you're kind of a fussy eater, you might also try and start trying new things, trying new foods, uh, getting used to uh, being flexible with eat, with eating a healthy diet. I think that's also an important way to stay healthy during your gap year is to, to eat a, a balanced and healthy diet. When you're working with your students, do you re- recommend that they take any courses to prepare for their gap year? And by that, I don't necessarily mean uh, community college courses or traditional courses, but more 
like sometimes I'll advise students to do a wilderness first aid course or a, um, or a CPR course or maybe even a self-defense course, depending on where they're traveling. Um, is that something that you do with your kids as well? Actually, I have not ever advised anyone, but that is, I'm glad to know that that's something that you're doing and something to consider. Yeah, I think it can help them feel empowered, especially young women. I mean, I think that sometimes just having had that self-defense class makes you feel like you can move through the world with a bit more confidence and knowing that, you know, you have some tools in your toolkit for keeping yourself safe. Well, I also wanted to jump into, because I know Susan, you also had some really awesome kind of packing tips and advice. And I know that obviously this will vary greatly depending on what the student's doing, but what might be your top sort of packing tips or pieces of gear you think are crucial for the gap year and how that might vary depending on what the student's doing with their time? Yeah. I think the most obvious and piece of advice that also cannot be reiterated often enough is just to not overpack. And this is coming from someone who substantially overpacked during her gap year and has come a long way. Typically, the programs will offer a pretty specific packing list. And so I suggest that students adhere to that pretty rigorously if there is question about, do I really need this? Or there's something else I feel like I need to bring. I think communication with um, program administrators to to confirm what's really necessary um, is helpful, but really, really bringing only the bare minimum and and essentials. I also recommend that students invest in some quality gear when they're preparing luggage, clothing, whatever it is that they they need for their particular gap experience. You know, a, a good suitcase or backpack should last you 10 years or more so it's worth it's worth investing in a couple items that i find really essential um, that i always like to bring is a reusable water bottle Um, i often travel with with an anchor portable charger which if you're on a technology free program might not be quite as necessary Um, but for independent travelers or people who are going to be traveling by themselves having a portable charger can be really really helpful and I've also started traveling with bamboo cutlery, a little bamboo bamboo knife, fork, spoon, chopstick set um, so that I can reduce my single-use plastic consumption. And so those are three kind of easy, lightweight travel pieces that I think can, can be useful for any type of, of gap experience. That's great. I think that those are all really good and easy packing, th- packing tips. Uh, I know that I've always been surprised at what I can find in country. I think that sometimes the reason that students overpack is that they have an anxiety about not being able to get certain things. I feel like the the things that are usually hard to get in other countries are typically really good shoes, bras some places, and Mm -hmm. uh, feminine protection can sometimes be hard. But that like you can get a t-shirt or you know an e- a sundress in just about every country either in a secondhand market or a tourist shop so people need to relax about the the clothing situation i think a lot of the times <laughs> absolutely absolutely i love that you mentioned bamboo cutlery as well because i actually just got my first set and i'm so excited about it that i want to start giving it to all my friends and family for holidays so that everyone can start reducing their plastic consumption while traveling so i love that that's a recommendation Well, Susan, do you have any final pieces of wisdom or words of advice for for our potential gappers out there? I would just say 
prepare yourselves for a challenge and for relying on um, those around you and your own inner strength to really have a, a wonderful gap experience and to focus less on the physical things that you may or may not have with you and, and just trust that if you're if you're willing to buy into the experience it will be um, an incredible unforgettable gap semester great thank you so much for being here susan and thanks to everyone out there for listening margo where in the world can the people find us all right so you can find susan at free to roam adventures on instagram or www.freetoroamadventures.com you can find mary and taylor at taylor the gap on instagram or www.taylorthegap.com and you can find Jason Soroyan and the Center for Intern Programs at internprograms.com on the web. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Okay, Susan, so we're going to put you on the spot. We always do our sign-offs in a different foreign language. So can you tell us thank you and goodbye in a foreign language that you've been exposed to recently or historically? <laughs> yeah, historically. Uh, gracias por escuchar y adios. Perfecto. Perfect. <laughs> Great accent. I love it. <laughs> very, very well done. Thanks so much, Susan. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.